Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 25, and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. I connected over Instagram with Betsy Milne and Laura Milne, who you would think are related because they have the same last name, but they actually were total strangers who met in 2016 over Instagram. They are committed to helping women live the best version of themselves and grow side hustles and passions into a lucrative business. They own Luscious Hustlers, which is a growing tribe on Facebook and a coaching brand. We talk about how to price yourself when starting out your business and why you shouldn't be ashamed to actually charge people for your services. We all know what that's like when people think that you should give them service for free. I especially know that as social media because people don't understand the work that goes into it. So they assume that a one minute Facebook status should just be for free every single day. Um, so yeah, so we talk about that, which I think is really important for anyone who is starting a business and don't really know what they should charge and feel bad about it. Uh, we also chat about the moon cycle and how to run and grow your business based on that. It plays, how it plays into setting goals and why you feel less motivated on some days rather than others. I think this is a great, great reason to really take some time to think about yourself when you wake up in the day and decide how productive or what kind of tasks you should be doing that day based on how you're feeling. Uh, Betsy and Laura also share their tips and tricks on how to grow a tribe and a community, which they have done over Facebook, and why that is so important in the age of social media and when you are trying to grow a business. So let's jump right into it. Here is Betsy and Laura. Do you want to start off? You can both introduce yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Laura Milne and I am a transformational brand and business coach and co-host of co-creator, I should say, of Luscious Hustle. Um, and I'll let Betsy introduce herself too, because we both have really diverse backgrounds. The the funny part of our story is that we both have the same last name. So we're both last name Milne. Um, we're not sisters, we're not related. We are literally two random strangers who connected on a DM on Instagram in 2016 and became <laughs> friends and then started a podcast together and then started a business together. And um, and that's what, you know, that's how Luscious Hustle became became what it is and how how our business became what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm Betsy Milne. I'm the other half of the little Luscious Hustle duo. And yeah, like when you talk about different backgrounds and where we came from, um, when, when Laura slid into my DMs, like I was in the baby stages of a health coaching practice and she was in network marketing and, you know, it just, it just sort of organically the friendship unfolded. Like she became my upline in network marketing. So we were talking, but we weren't friends in the traditional sense. Like we weren't, you know, talking on the phone every day. We didn't have this long background, but I knew when I wanted to start a podcast, like I knew that I had a message that I wanted to get out there and I just really wanted to get started. She was the first name that popped into my head. I was like, I don't want to do this alone. I want to do it with somebody. I'm going to do it with Laura. And she just said yes. And so um, we met actually, I guess we, we'd had the podcast for about eight months at that point and we'd known each other, like I use air quotes, known each other for a year when we finally met in person. And the craziest thing about our business is like, I know Laura inside and out. She knows me probably better than my family does, but like we've only spent maybe 14 days together in the last two years, like physically in the same place at the same time. <laughs> and yet we've created this amazing business that's like hit six figures in under a year and done all the things that we never... I mean, I think I thought they were possible. I mean, obviously I believed in them because they came true, but I don't know. I, di I didn't think I could do that with somebody who was so far away from me, um, but you can. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's exciting. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Power of the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so you had the podcast first and then was it, is it called Luscious Hustlers as well? Or did you start that interview people and then the business became Luscious Hustlers? Yeah. Um, originally, we started out as Luscious Living Podcast. And, it, you know, this is really a true lesson in niching down in your business. Um, we started the, uh, Luscious Living. And it was kind of a mix of 
wellness, holistic, woo-woo, and kind of mindset. Um, and then we we really quickly figured out that the thing that we are most passionate about is building business because we were both simultaneously building our own businesses. And the people we loved interviewing the most were the people who were building personal brands and were taking a side hustle or a spark of an idea, turning it into a side hustle, and then growing it into a full-fledged business. So last year, we or at the beginning of this past 2018, March. we... Re, yeah, March. <laughs> we... That's beginning-ish. It's like first quarter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we rebranded to Luscious Hustle. Um, so it's the Luscious Hustle podcast and that's our business. And then, yeah, we call our ladies the Luscious Hustlers because we we feel we are Luscious Hustlers. And um, so, yeah, that's where that came from. Uh, that's so funny. Um, and Jenny, just explain what Luscious Hustlers is, uh, what services you provide, and if there's more of a story behind the name. Yeah. So the name Luscious. So when we started as Luscious Living, um, Laura was really attached to the word Luscious from day one. Like that was just, she wanted to live a Luscious life. And so that felt really full to her. I have a bit of a lisp and I used to do, well, I still do the intros, but um, I used to have to say like Luscious Living podcast. And for me, it actually, for the first year that we were doing it, I was like, okay, what does this word mean to me? You know, like how do how do I become luscious? Because I personally, actually, at the beginning, didn't feel like my life was luscious. Like I felt like I was in the trenches every single day, hustling, 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 and it felt really icky at one point. Like at the end of the first year of the podcast, um, we were launching our first course, and we were so knee deep in the I was so knee deep in the hustle. I was like ready to quit. Like I was just completely burned out. We weren't making money and all, all the things, like all the feelings and all the insecurities were coming up to the surface. Um, and when we were at the beginning of this year, you know, we had launched Luscious Hustle Academy in uh, December of last year, November, December of last year. And Luscious Hustle at that point to us was like taking your side hustle and making it feel luscious. Like, so how do you infuse the lusciousness back into your business. And that really resonated with me. And it was, that was when the shift started happening for me. Like all of a sudden I was finding space in our business and, you know, the burnout, I was like, oh yeah, this is actually working. And so we really embodied the name Luscious Hustle in March of this year because we were stepping into more of the woo-woo. So the woo-woo to us is like the divine feminine, which is a very luscious energy. And then we've got the masculine energy, which is divine masculine inspired action. And that's really how we've redefined hustle so that you still have to take action, but when it's luscious, it feels really good. And so you stop spinning your wheels, you have more space, you're expanding into ideas. And then that's really how luscious hustle came to be. And our luscious hustlers are just the people that are following us. So we do transformational brand and business coaching, um, and we help at all different levels. Like we, we teach people the basic skills that they need to start a side hustle, but now we're sort of moving into the more transformational experience. Like how do you really grow your business from a spark of an idea to a six figure business? Like what are the tools and the transformation that has to happen? Because it's not as simple as just opening up your iPhone and getting on Instagram and like automatically making a sale. You know, there <laughs> are some steps that you have to do to really build something that's substantial and will, will sustain you in the long mm -hmm. run. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing I would add to that is, you know, our, we feel like our luscious hustlers are that it's like a new type of entrepreneurship. Um, they're really, we think our ladies are, and, and ourselves, we're very ambitious, but we're also very heart centered and we want to be productive, but it wants to, we want it to feel good. So yeah, the luscious is listening to your intuition and, you know, in fact, you know, manifestation is a part of our, our business plan and collaboration over competition, really wanting to align yourself with others. And that's kind of that, you know, notion of being an influencer, um, and having a new, you know, a better vision for the world. And, but then, yeah, ultimately our luscious hustlers, like they want to turn their passion into a profit and they want to change the world, but also change their own worlds by creating something for themselves. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. I think that was a, a really great explanation of what you're doing and what people can expect from you. Um, before we really get into more of that and your business, uh, do you guys want to talk about uh, what you've learned about yourselves as you've gone through these, this process of building the business? Oh, where do we begin? This year? <laughs> you know, yeah. here's, this is the, this is the funny thing. Our ladies, one of the number one, um, 
I say this with love, one of the number one excuses that we hear from people when they are wanting to start a business, whatever kind of business it is, is that they think that they have to work on themselves first before mm-hmm. they can build the business. So they think, well, when I get my, you know, when I get my stuff, when I get my act together, when all my ducks are in a row, when I've, you know, got clarity on who I want to be and what I want to do with my life, then I'll start my business. And that's really actually, that's a very limiting story. And the truth is that you will become who you're meant to be by taking action, right? Like inspiration doesn't come sitting still. It comes in action and engaging. And so when you actually start just taking messy, bold action in building that business, you will discover who you're meant to be and what your true purpose is through that activity. So I can honestly say, um, I mean, since my entrepreneurial journey started almost four years ago when I started out network marketing, but then it really, you know, in the past year of 2018, it has been, it was like on hyperdrive. I have, I'm literally not the same person I was 12 months ago, not even close. Um, because when you really dig in and do the work, um, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Can I say, can yes. I say swears? Um, <laughs> when you really, when you really start to take action in your business and put yourself out there, shit comes up like mm-hmm. shit in your life, personal limiting beliefs and people who misunderstand you and just, just random expenses and things will get flung at you out of left field. And it's how, you know, instead of seeing that as something that's holding you back, when you address those things as challenges and something that's to be overcome, and instead of saying, oh, no, I can't do this, it's holding me back, when you when you flip that around and say, how can I overcome this? That really changes who you are as a person. Um, and it forces you to level up. And then when you level up, your business levels up. And it, those two things, they just kind of walk in step with each other. And and that that to me is really, that that's the biggest lesson I've learned this year is that you have to just get started. And yes, it's scary. And yes, there will be fear in putting yourself out there. But when you do it, that's when you grow and you become the CEO your business needs you to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just second that because, um, you know, if people listen to the podcast, <laughs> I'm like the wild child of the two of us, I feel like. Like I literally, (laughs) you know, lots of people have business strategy and they're, you know, they plan out six months, a year in advance, like where they're going to lead their people. I mean, if you listen to our podcast, I mean, you can watch the transformation of my life over the last two years. Like I would have said I was the most uptight, um, you know, shy person in the entire world. Like I never wanted to be seen. I had past traumas that... I just, I had major issues and it's like what Laura's talking about. You know, I had to step outside my comfort zone and find things to do that would propel me forward, but where I still felt safe, like where I still felt comfortable. And that's been the secret to my success and our success as a team. Um, Because yeah, I'm not even the same person I was like 12 hours ago. Like Laura can tell you, I mean, we're leveling up almost daily, but we, we have no fear and I have no fear anymore of like, taking the lesson I'm learning this morning, if it really roots into me, I have no problem sharing that right away. And so I think like my growth has just been way bigger than I ever thought because I have this, I have this platform and a voice and a community where if my struggles can make anybody's life a little bit easier, then I'm just going to share them. And I think stepping into that was the scariest thing I did all year, but like it's also been the biggest reward because I see that it helps other people and that's what I want to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Well, then you come off as very real then for people that are trusting you guys uh, with their businesses and you're like, yeah, I did the same thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to go like, honestly, like you asked, like, what did I have to overcome? Like panic attacks. Like I, like, I've had panic attacks on the podcast while we've been interviewing people. I've landed in the hospital. I've had it doing public speaking. So like my fear at one point was really visceral and really like out of my control. So if I can do it, I swear anybody can do it. Like, yeah. You just have yeah. to work at it. Like, I think that's the, that's the, the trick. Like you have to be willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. When people say to us, like, I'm afraid to do Insta stories. I'm afraid to, I, you know, I really want to, I'm a health coach or whatever. And I, I know I need to get on Facebook live, but I'm so scared. I don't know what to say. Like, trust me, girlfriend, we know where you're coming from. Like, <laughs> I was always pretty comfortable with Facebook Lives right as soon as Facebook Lives became a thing. I think that was in like She was 20, awesome at that. That was like 2016, I think they first came yeah. out. Um but Betsy like it was like <laughs> it was it was a <laughs> it was a trial to get her to show up, but she did and you know, she had real fear from past traumas. Um and so we know what that's like like in a really visceral level. We also know what it's like to, you know, f- feel like you're broke. 
to literally yeah. start a business from scratch with no money um, and and know what that kind of work looks like. Because the cool thing about entrepreneurship now is it is a really low barrier of entry. Anyone can become an influencer on Instagram. Anyone can start a business and start making money. Um, but you do have to, you know, a lot of people still will hold themselves back and say, well, I can't do it now. I'm not ready. I don't have time. My credit, my credit card is maxed. I'm busy with work, kids, et cetera. Um, you know, we have all that. I have a daughter, Betsy has like aging parents that she's taking care of. We were both broke. We, you know, I mean, it can be done. Trust me. Like all those challenges can be overcome. Um, and that's really what I hope that we can share with others is that it can be done because, you know, we're, we're showcasing that and like walking it out in real time, giving people that behind the scenes look of what it looks like to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and you kind of mentioned some of the excuses, like you called them excuses, but the limitations that people face. Um, are there any other ones that come up a lot besides like money? Um, yeah. So a big one for a big one that we seem to come up against is like, I don't like sales, right? Like I'm afraid of sales. I don't want to feel icky. Um, you know, and here's, here's the thing about running a business, like money loves a purpose. So if you are going to have something that is not a hobby where you actually bring in money, selling becomes soulful the minute that you give your money a purpose. So like, what is your bigger vision? What is it that you want to be doing with your life? And so what we try to help people do, you know, the limiting belief of like, I have no money, I'm afraid. Nine times out of 10, it seems to go back like when we dig a little deeper to this like, well, I'm not a salesperson, so I don't want to sell, you know? And we had somebody on the podcast recently and she had this, she had this really great analogy. She said, um, you know, like think of the telephone, like who was out there when you were the first telephone salesman, like nobody knew what a telephone was. Nobody wanted a telephone. And yet they, the people that went out and sold those first telephones are the people that changed the world. Like we all have phones now. So salespeople are really important and vital to the economy and to life in general. And so when you can embrace that, like we all can be salesmen, it's all a skill and there's a way to do it that feels really good and it's not scary. And then you start bringing in money. That's where the transformation happens. And that's when you start having a business. So that's the one that I like to dig into with people. Like, I don't like sales. Sales are icky. Well, we just have to reframe that for you. And then off you go. And it's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so you've already launched into the next question that I have. But so you've taken a different approach to coaching entrepreneurs and you focus on selling with soul, like you just mentioned. So Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Really? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, you know, I think when it comes just to like play off of what Betsy said, when it comes to sales, I think a lot of women, especially in that most of our, our luscious hustlers are women. Um, we are afraid of being seen as pushy or salesy or forceful, like that whole wolf of wall street, like Mm -hmm. just greedy, um, no one wants to be seen that way. And so in in an effort, in an attempt to never be seen as pushy or salesy or aggressive, women like swing to the f- other end of the spectrum where they give away too much for free. Like they, you know, in business, whether they're health coaches or network marketing or their whatever brand or business you have, they end up underpricing what they're selling. Um and they give away too much free because they don't value their self and the the service or the product that they're providing to their customers. And so I think the first step for us in selling with soul is that you really have to know how to value yourself and understand that what you are creating or putting out into the world for someone else does have, um, it, it will be powerful for them. It will create a transformation in their life. And by being of service in that way, then you you are valuable as well because you gave that to them. So you want to price yourself in a way that you can actually, you know, make a profit. That's number one, right? If you're not really making a profit at the end of the day, you don't have a business. You have a hobby. Um, and also we have found with our with our students and like just every single time we have yet to have a student where we <laughs> thought that their prices were too high. Every single student we work with, we end up raising their prices. And it's interesting how when they do that, they feel more, um, they feel more grounded in what they're doing, mm-hmm. in the worth and value of what they're creating and providing for their for their audience or for their customers. And it's really funny how their customers will feel the same way. And, and you know, because I mean, it's like how many of us, you know, when you get given something for free, how many of us hang on to it? 
right? When you get free gifts at, at the store or free gifts in the mail, or you get free downloads in your, you know, your email inbox, like most of the time people don't look at that. But when you provide something that really has true value and you price it accordingly, people will see that they will resonate with it. And they're actually more likely to say yes to you. And then it creates this open energy exchange where they get something that creates a transformation for them. And you get to be that person. Um, you get to give that to them and be of service. And you also get to receive back that same energy in the form of money, which is, I mean, that to me is soulful selling. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's That's also amazing. rewriting the story. So one of the things that you'll see online, you know, we get all this free content, right? When we're starting out and, you know, podcasts are great and any sort of like webinar is great. But what happens is there's this, there's this trick that I was taught really early on when I started getting online. And it was like, you have to be of service. Like that's what everyone tells you at the beginning. You have to be of service. You have to have a free offering. And I literally took that to heart. And so for me, the hardest part starting out was like, I I'm I was like what Laura's talking about. Like I was giving away all my health coaching basically for free because I kept telling myself I was being of service. And it felt better than trying to sell something to somebody because I was like, oh, they're going to know me. They're going to like me. They're going to trust me. And the reality of it is like when I started charging full price, people were like, oh, now I know. Like they were just signing up. But when I was giving it away for free, nobody was doing the work. And I think that as a new entrepreneur, you, you have to have that transformation with the transaction, not just for your people, but also for yourself, because that's when the magic happens, because you do, you know, you're worth all of a sudden. And it's like, there's a huge shift that happens. Like, don't just give it away. Being of service means you're taken care of. So I would like to dispel that rumor <laughs> once and for all. So I think that's, that's awesome, especially because of the internet. I feel like if you're doing, if you're not doing it for free, someone else is doing it for free. Um, and so it's hard to get over that because I've been in the same position where I'm like, oh, I'll just do it for free or, or social media. Cause I do social media full time where they're like, oh, well, like my secretary will do it for free or I found someone else that'll do it for free. And then it, yeah. it just devalues what you're doing. And plus it's really hard to pay the bills with no money. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, there's, um, there's a really famous woman out there right now. And she did a post the other day and sent an email and it was like, everything I learned, I learned for free. And she's not a business coach, but she kind of is. And she's running events like, you know, and they're really high ticket events. And I'm like saying, they're going, okay, so everything you learned for free, but you want me to drop a thousand dollars to come to like a workshop. So it, you know, the, 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 what catches your eye with the free, 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 you have to be able to discern if it is actually good for you or if it's a waste of time. And I will tell you, like, your time is valuable. Like, it's expensive not investing in yourself because you're going to spend more time and energy on the free stuff that's not going to get you where you want to go. So, yeah, it's a really slippery slope, but it's it's a pain point for so many people because the limiting belief that, like, I have no money to invest in myself right now that makes you think like other people are thinking the same thing. And it just becomes this like awful cycle that we want to break <laughs> because everybody deserves to be supported doing the thing that they love. Like I truly, truly believe that. Right. I fully agree. Yeah. Um, and so you've talked about the the energies and everything. Um, how do the moon cycles and moonology play into your brand and your business? Well, that's kind of a funny story because it didn't at first. <laughs> Um, never Betsy, thought it would come to the light of day. This, yeah. So Betsy has been uh, a student, I will say a student of the moon for pretty much most of her life. She gardens by the moon. She's followed the moon cycles. She's read every book that there is to read and done tons of research on it. And it was always just a tool for her, like kind of a spiritual, um, an energy tool, a mindset tool for her. Um, and we were doing it in kind of behind the scenes in our business just for ourselves for a long time. But then we started talking about it with our audience and it just caught like, it just took off like wildfire. I mean, everyone was like, moon, moon, what? New moon manifesting, full moon. What do I do? What's going on? Tell me more. And we just were like, okay, sure. Let's, let's go with this. And it's, it's really been so cool to see like the appetite for people to learn about the moon. Um, it's just sort of exploded for us. And when we love sharing it, um, we actually have a program that we're running right now called Moon Goddess. And that's actually where we walk 
our students through this, all the phases of the moon. Um, we go through two full lunar cycles and we actually teach them how to apply the different phases and, you know, manifesting within those phases to your business, like in very practical terms, in terms of like setting goals for your business, launching sales, um, you know, when to push hard, when to back off and rest and restore. Um, because this is the thing with, you know, entrepreneurship, the moon for us is a tool to help us manage our energy and to stay really high vibe. And I think that is a huge struggle for entrepreneurs. It's it's really a mental game, mostly kind of like athletes. I mean, yeah, athletes train physically all the time, but any athlete, any pro athlete will tell you that when it comes to race day, it's all in your mindset, right? And we kind of look at the moon as our manifesting mindset and energy tool to keep us fueled and rocking as entrepreneurs um, and not get bogged down in self-doubt or limiting beliefs or stories, things that aren't serving us, because that happens so quickly and easily when you are, you know, creating a personal brand and putting yourself out there for the first time. It can feel scary and lonely. And the, you know, moon goddess is really just our way of like serving our luscious hustlers and teaching them how to do what we've been doing behind the scenes. Um, so they can, you know, get there faster, really, honestly, and feel good doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much out there now with, you know, moon books and moon cycle books and like all the different things, but they're very specific to like one part of moonology, right? So what we've done is we've applied it towards business and so many people come to us and they're like, just tell me the steps. And there are no, it, it's like, it's like a, it's a catch 22, right? Because there's really no way that you can personalize a business plan for somebody. Like they have to make those decisions on their own. However, you can give somebody structure. And so by using the phases of the moon and really using it kind of as a time clock in a way to set your goals and to manifest and then to track your energy at the same time, you're actually able to grow faster because you know, if you get squirrel brain, you can look at a calendar and be like, okay, what phases in? Okay, this is where I need to focus my energy. Okay, what can I do? And then all of a sudden, it's like you take that self-doubt away from yourself because you have this clock and the structure to show up. And for for me in particular, you know, like when we started, I was very much in my masculine. Like I had worked in New York City for 12 years flying all over the world in like the fashion industry. And so I was really, really pushing hard. And I thought that that would bring me success. And when I started doing this, you know, every single month, it just started, you know, new moon, and then it became new moon, full moon. And then it, you know, like I, I slowly started adding layers to it because I was watching my garden. Like when I moved home to my parents, when I started gardening, I was like, oh my God, everything is just flourishing when I use the moon as my guide. So I figured there had to be a way to put it into business. And so that's really what we've created. It's how we expanded so quickly, how we've grown so quickly in, you know, like nine months. I mean, it's crazy to think that, but it's just, we know what to do and when to do it. And there's no doubt. Like if I feel like I'm pushing, I can look at the moon calendar and I'm like, oh, duh, this is why I don't want to do anything today. You know, and then it, <laughs> it gives me permission to take a step back and slow down. And there's still action steps that you do, like receiving is an action and, you know, restoring is actually an action, but I, it makes me feel good because I still feel like I'm kind of like hustling, but in a very luscious way. So that's how moonology plays into our business. <laughs> <laughs> It's a huge part is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yes. <laughs> yeah, we didn't realize how big until we launched Moon Goddess. And then I was like really thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I basically do this every single day. Like, why have I not been talking about this? So I thought people would look at me like I was crazy. But yeah, I'm not. What so. I think it's becoming more like on the forefront of everything, too. Like, I've listened to a ton of podcasts. and You just like see it more in yeah. things now. So people are less surprised when it comes up. Uh, could you give just like an example of like, so I don't know what phase of the moon we're in at this moment, but like, let's say it's a new moon. What, what kind of feelings, what people should do with their business at that time? So the new moon is actually the beginning of the lunar cycle. So new moon, um, the best way to think about it is, you know, you, the new moon is dark in the sky, right? So it, there's no light shining on you. So it's really your opportunity to sort of look inside yourself and reset and re and re realign with what your goals are and your in your intentions for the month. So new moon, you set your intention for the month, like the lunar cycle, it's 28 and a half days on average. Um, but you would set like a goal at the beginning of a new moon cycle. So it's just looking inside yourself, getting really clear on what it is you want to bring to life. And then as the light as the light on the moon, you know, goes up to the full moon, that's when you build energy in your business, right? So like, 
it, it's really cool because you, you you take this little idea that you've felt inside yourself and then you watch it grow over the next over the cycle and then you get to do it again right so like maybe it worked maybe it didn't work and you had to pivot at the full moon and you know you're still going but the lunar cycle in and of itself is abundant because there's always another one so every single cycle that we go through we learn something more about ourselves we manifest more and there's always more so New moon's my favorite because that's when we set intentions and it it puts that magic to work. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what advice would you give people who are either starting a business or trying to build their brand online, whether it's a personal brand or their business? Ooh, what would I say? Mm, honestly, just, just get just get started. <laughs> and yeah. you know, a lot of people get hung up on. Um, you know, like, yes, do you need an avatar for your business? Sure. Do you need a niche? Absolutely. Do you need to, you know, have an elevator pitch and have branding and a website and all these things? Definitely you do. But you don't absolutely, if you're literally starting from ground zero, you don't have to have those things to get started. Just start posting about what you're passionate about and Mm -hmm. start engaging with the people who engage back with you and see where that takes you. I mean, we have niched down like 10 layers since we started our podcast in January, 2017. So that's been, you know, almost two years and we just keep niching down, but it's not like a conscious, like, Oh, we have to niche down this month. It's, it just happens very organically. Um, we just started posting and talking about, you know, posting on social media on the podcast, what was the podcast account, but it's now it's luscious.hustle on Instagram. Um, we just started posting about what we loved and what we were passionate about. We started talking about what we loved and what we were passionate about. And, we let our audience grow and then kind of lead us a little bit. You know, we, we led them and they led us. It was a bit of a mutual back and forth. Um, and that's really how we got to, to the brand and business coaching that we do today. And, you know, the really very specific flavor that we talk about, we are really woo woo. We're really, we really are like the spiritual practices and a mix of very savvy business strategy. So it's like that feminine and that masculine mixed together. That's really important to us. And we have attracted an audience that cares about that too, that's tuned in and they either understand it or they want to understand it more. Um, and I think, I think, I do think a lot of people get held back when they're starting an online brand because they're afraid and they think, Oh, I don't know what to post. Like, don't, don't do that to yourself. Just post about, it could be the simplest thing. Like what you did today or what brings you joy, um, what you're interested in learning about and just go from there and see where it takes you. Yeah. If you're living in fear, like my biggest piece of advice, like, and this is what I do, I still do it. Um, I think I mentioned this before. It's like, I found the thing, like find the thing that's a little bit outside your comfort zone, but that still feels good to you that you want to try. So for me, when we started the podcast, like I was, I was at a place where I was too afraid to blog. Like I didn't want to blog. I didn't want to be on video. I I hadn't even posted a selfie on face on Instagram. Like I wasn't even posting on Facebook on anything. I don't even know if I had a business page. And so for me, it was like, but I knew I had a voice. So I wanted to use my voice. So the podcast felt like awesome because nobody had to see my face. So I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And then as I got comfortable with that, Laura kept saying, you know, Laura was on video every day. I didn't do my first Facebook live until Laura and I met. So we were like eight months into the podcast. And then once that door opened up, then it was like, oh, okay, I can do this. And so like every step that we've done in our business, like, I mean, typically it's me that's been holding us back with my irrational fears of like, stupid little things but you know it's you learn and you grow and you get really comfortable like now we do youtube videos like i can't wait to blow up youtube in 2019 so you learn and as you do the actions like those micro actions it's a lot easier to start small than it is to start and like launch something huge so whatever small actions you can take we have over 200 episodes under our belt. Like if you had told me when I started out that I was going to do 200 podcast episodes, I would have been like, no way, no one's going to (laughs) listen, but they do. And you know, it's just, it's, it's showing up when you're a little bit uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden one day you wake up and you're like, okay, I'm ready for my next challenge. What's that going to be? So don't be afraid to post. Don't be afraid to be real. Don't be afraid to talk about the things that you want to talk about because you'll find your people. Like that's attraction marketing. It's like, you'll find your people if you're talking about the stuff you're passionate about. Right. And so you guys have obviously built a strong online community uh, through what you just said. So what are tips for people who want to build that online tribe? 
Um, I think in the beginning, you, know, you have to be really accessible and be real and consistent. don't be inconsistent. Yeah. Be consistent. Yeah. And I find too, you know, with things, you know, Insta stories are so awesome. And I find a lot of people are either afraid to use them or when they do use them, they only talk about the thing that they're selling. Um, mm. But, you know, it's Insta stories is funny. It's kind of really voyeur, voyeurism gone mad. Um, everyone wants to just sneak peek into your life. So even if you're an entrepreneur and you have a, you know, a blog that's like a fashion blog or something, you don't always have to talk about the blog. You can just showcase your life, show what you're doing. People are curious. Um, let people know little weird, quirky things about you. You don't have to tell them everything about yourself, but, um, you know, I always joke that I'm like a baby grandma. You know, I go to I go to bed at 9 p.m. and I get up at 5 and I have a kid and, you know, we're into crystals and the moon and, you know, I, I just let myself be kind of like myself, just a little bit quirky and weird. And that's okay. Like that resonates with people. Um, and that's a big question that comes from our students. They're like, well, what do I post? What do I share in social media? It's like, just share yourself. Um, you don't have to overthink it. I think when you do that and then you start engaging back with people, um, that's when you will really start to build a tribe. Yeah. And ask questions of your people, like ask mm -hmm. questions of your yeah. audience, because it's social media is like the new dinner party, right? Like we can meet new people. I mean, Laura and I still live 3000 miles apart. Um, it, I would have never met her if it hadn't been for social media. And I think, you know, there's a lot of comparison that goes on when you're, you know, waking up first thing in the morning and you're hopping on Instagram and you're like scrolling through quickly, like what's everybody doing today? You got to remember that there's filters on that. Like, you know, I mean, I post pictures with no makeup on my Instagram account, but like a lot of people aren't, you know? So I think you really have to take the good with the bad ask questions and engage. And you have this amazing platform where it's not like you're just giving away all your stuff for free. Like other people are meeting you halfway. They're telling you about themselves. They're inviting you into their lives. So you can make real connections with people through social media. And that's how you build a community because you have to ask questions. You have to show up and you know, you don't have to necessarily post every single day if you're engaging. Like if it comes down to, I can't think of something to do right now, like, I can't think of something to post right now. What do I do? Get on Instagram and just really connect with people for 20 minutes and you're going to grow your following. Like, you don't have to have a perfect post every single day. So being mindful of that, I think, is is also really important starting out. Just engage, ask questions, say thank you. <laughs> you know, how are you? It's, it's, don't just sell the first post. You got to, you got to build those connections. Well, I think people forget that social media really started off as like a social platform and you're supposed to be using it to be social. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's so true. I mean, selling has helped, but just be social. And that's what people want to do while they're on the platform. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we've kind of talked about it, but if someone wants to kickstart their side hustle, what are the first practical steps that they can take um, besides like just doing it? But like, what does that mean in terms of like actual steps? Um, I would think of a platform that feels good to you where you can start creating content. For yeah. us, it was the podcast. Like we just, we literally like Betsy <laughs> texted me or called me on mid-December 2016. was like, hey, do you want to start a podcast? And I was like, sure. But I, and I, to be honest, at that point, I didn't even listen to podcasts. And most people didn't have a podcast in 2016. Um, and so we literally launched it two weeks later and we just, you know, made the commitment to consistently show up and produce one episode a week. And then, uh, it was about August of 2017. We were like, no, we bumped it up to two episodes a week and we've been consistent in that ever since. And then it grew from there. We're like, okay, we have a podcast. Okay. We'll start an Instagram page and a Facebook business page and went from there. And then, you know, we, the Facebook group grew out of that, you know, for our, in, for our luscious hustle insiders and then the website and then everything kind of just mushroomed from there, but it was like, pick one platform where you feel comfortable showing up for us. It was podcasting, but it might be vlogging. It might be, um, writing a blog. It might be, you know, just starting an Instagram account, um, or a Facebook business page, like Twitter, whatever, find somewhere you feel comfortable and get cracking there, creating really mm -hmm. good content. And then, and then let it grow from there just in terms of what feels good. And you will absolutely build a tribe. But you got to start putting out content so that people have something of value to take to take away from you. Because um, when you're showing up and providing value, 
you know, that's when people will really want to start to look to you as an expert or look to you to, to entertain, educate or inspire them. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, don't be afraid to monetize. So this is a, this is a slippery slope. I know I'm like opening myself up probably to something, but, um, you know, when, when you start, it's like, what are you really good at? So if you're really good at writing, then pick something that's written content. So whether it's a Facebook business page, Instagram, a blog, you know, like what is your level of commitment? But, um, you know, YouTube and podcasting, there's like a whole set of skills that you have to learn in order to edit your videos and get them up there. So if that's not your skill set, I would say don't lean into something that you feel is going to set you up for failure. Like you can get there over time, but start with what's right there. But also when I say like monetizing, um, I don't mean like, you know, join a network marketing company and start bombarding your people with with product, but think about think about like how can you turn this into something more? So you may not have a product when you first start out, but like say you're a health coach or you in health coaching school or you're a personal trainer, like where do you want to lead your people eventually? And then kind of lean into that. So the sooner you can get an offering up, the sooner you're going to make money. So you know, you have to build a personal brand, but think about, cause we didn't think about monetization until like a year into it. And then I was, it, it was like one of those light bulb moments where we're like, oh my God, we've been leaving money on the table <laughs> for a year. <laughs> so, you know, you want to think about like, what is your ultimate goal? What is your purpose? What is your, you know, what is your why behind it? And then don't be afraid to monetize because, you know, it's money. <laughs> we all like money. Money loves a purpose. Yeah, well, and we all need it. I think yeah. if this is your job, then no one should misunderstand that, that you yeah. do need to make money just like everybody else makes money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and so now someone has started, they have this idea, they've started creating content. How do they transfer that into a first customer or client? Ooh, good question. You gotta um, ask. Yeah, you have to just um, be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the that's actually the bit. number one thing that we we get. It's like, well, I asked, you know, I told people about my offering, but nobody bought it. And we sit there and we're like, okay, so how many times did you, you know, how many times did you talk about it? Did you do a Facebook Live? Did you do this? And they're like, oh, I did one post on Instagram last Tuesday, and we're like sitting there going, okay. There's a rule of like, it used to be a rule of seven. It's more like the rule of 77 now. So people need to see your content like multiple times, at least a dozen before it sinks in who you are. Because remember, we're constantly bombarded with a ton of content and images and all these things. So you have to make it interesting and you have to be willing to ask for the sale. Because if you're not willing to ask, no one's going to know that you have this amazing product that's going to transform their life or make their life easier or make them look pretty, you know, whatever it is that you're selling, you have to ask for the sale. And there's a lot of fear around it, I know, but you can't over ask, in my opinion. I mean, maybe you can, but if it's every single post, but you got to find the balance. But don't be afraid to ask because remember, like everyone's scrolling so fast. How many times does it really stick for you? Like, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. No, I like that. Well, I fully agree. I think we all scroll through and someone actually, they're like, oh, well, it was in my caption. I was like, well, I didn't read your caption ever. Yeah. So <laughs> you have to, you have to put it up enough, out enough times and uh, be on a number of different platforms for people to, to even like think that they've seen you more than once. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I think sure. if you're running something like Facebook ads or boosted posts, so that's another thing. <laughs> oh, that's another pet peeve. Please don't waste your money on a boosted post. Like yeah. if you're if you're oh new God. and you you don't have a page, a landing page, somewhere where you can get them to sign up. Like, I mean, everyone's like, well, it's just ten dollars, and you know, but it's it's ten dollars that doesn't lead them where you want to go. Like, make sure you're clearly asking for what it is you're trying to convert. So whether you're trying to get people to sign up for your, you know, your email list, or you're trying to get people to sign up for a program, like, you have to lead people. Like, I think we all think we're really smart. And that if we understand it, then the person on the other end is going to understand it. But like, if they're not your best friend or your mom, they probably don't see what you're seeing. You know, they don't know you well enough to know what you're talking about. So really like taking a step back and getting super clear about what you're offering, how you're offering it to them. Are you actually talking to somebody else so that it resonates with them? I think that's also 
like something you can self-check pretty early on. Like, are you being clear? And if it's not converting, going back in and being willing to like sort of do like a self-check on what it is and looking at it with fresh eyes because we get passionate about what we're doing and we put our heart and soul into it. And if it doesn't work, it's just another opportunity for you to go a step further. It's not Mm -hmm. a failure. It's just an opportunity. And so that's how we treat our sales pages. Like we've had great launches. We've had shitty launches. And every single time we learn something from them, it's like, what didn't work here? Oh my God, mm-hmm. what we're saying there, you know, <laughs> sometimes it seems so clear to me. And then Laura will read it and she'll be like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Sounded really great in my head, but it doesn't look good on paper. So just yeah. being open to change, it's really the key. Well, especially if you're so involved in your business that you kind of need to take a step back or have someone else look at it because you're like, oh, I get it. But it's only because you know every single thing about your business as mm-hmm. opposed to someone coming from the outside. Yeah. 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 Always wanting to check in with your with your audience and make sure that what you're saying and doing is resonating with them and they're being receptive back. Um, even if they don't all buy, right? You don't need everybody to buy, but you need them all to be hearing and tuned into what you're doing. And it's funny what Betsy said about like, I guarantee you that mo- most of my friends are not entrepreneurs like almost none of them are and they don't really know what I'm doing right and that's the funny thing about Instagram and Facebook like um they're not interested in starting a side hustle they're not interested in building a business so I don't show up on their feed because of the algorithm right mm-hmm. so they don't most of them don't really know what's going on but our audience and our luscious hustler tribe because they are like really tuned into what Betsy and I are doing because they want to do the same thing when we post on social you know in, like Instagram stories or whatever like we get lots of DMs right away we get comments back Cause so we know they're listening. Right. And then mm-hmm. it's a matter of having that conversation back and forth and making sure, making sure that we're like really hitting the nail on the head. Um, and that's why, yeah, like Facebook, um, don't boost your posts on Facebook. Like if you're going to run a Facebook ad campaign, actually use Facebook ads manager and run a proper campaign, um, boosting posts. Like we can get way more traction just doing a free Insta story than using yeah. a boosted post. Mark Zuckerberg just wants to take your money on those ones. Sorry, Mark, but <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> Yeah. My, I mean, I'm sure all of our money is eventually ending up in his bank account. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him and Jeff Bezos. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and you obviously spend all of your time online. So what are your favorite tools and resources for entrepreneurs that people can find themselves online? Hmm. Well, I love podcasts. Once I started a podcast, I obviously started listening to them. <laughs> <laughs> and they are pretty amazing. Um, I listen to a ton of audiobooks. I I only recently started like actually purchasing real books again, but I kind of went on a like a book buying diet for a while and just did audiobooks. Um, because it was just a more like useful way for me to learn and expand my mindset while I'm driving or whatever. Um, but do you mean in terms of like tools like for actually building the business? Either or. Okay. Uh some of both would be great. <laughs> um, so for us, I would say for us, um, like, honestly, it's, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Like Instagram is actually a huge source of like a huge resource for me, like an online tool, just because of it's, it's market research for me. Um, yeah, free market research. I think, yeah. Like, I think if you're, if you're trying to figure out like what's going on in the world, what are people out there? What are they talking about? Instagram is your best friend. Um, when it comes to tech things. So like, like I said, we're doing YouTube videos and all that stuff. I will be completely honest. Like I learned how to do podcast editing and YouTube videos all on YouTube. (laughs) Like I watch the videos. It's a search engine. So you search what you're looking for and you can find lots of great information there. Um, And then when it comes to like an app, I would say Asana is like the backbone of our business. So we have, you know, we have an assistant that we work with and, you know, we can tap her into our Asana calendar and we can move things around. And it's like a real great workflow system for us. Um, I don't know, maybe if I was by myself, I think I would still use it even if I was by myself, but it really works when you start bringing other people into your business and you have to collaborate because they can have access to the board and, 
you can move things around and it's it's pretty and it's neat and it takes away all the <laughs> all the sticky notes. Laura still loves her sticky notes, but I'm I not I, I can't have sticky notes. Like I need it all in my phone or it's never gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, well so. and sticky notes don't work virtually. <laughs> yeah. And since we were always a team from the beginning, even before we started hiring on people to help us. Um, yeah, that was really, you know, the funny thing about online tools is like, yeah, Asana is one of them, but there's like Trello. There's like so many, mm-hmm. you know, even think about like email marketing. There's how many email marketing platforms are there now? Dozens. Um, yeah. you Ooh, really Calendly. Calendly. Like there's Acuity. That's Scheduler, a good one. There's, I mean, yeah. Dubsado. There's so many. Um, you really can't go wrong. It's just a matter of like kind of honestly following your intuition. That sounds really silly. I know people want usually like a straightforward answer and lists of pros and cons, but you know, there are so many in the beginning, like even five years ago, there weren't a lot of options to choose from. Now there are so many, um, and they're all really pretty great. I mean, it's a competitive market. You can't put out a platform or an online tool without it being good, right? It won't make money otherwise, because people are very discerning and very picky now. Um, so when we pick new platforms to use, it's just like, what feels right? If, does it have the features we want? It does. Great. Cool. We go with it and we don't second guess ourselves. Mm-hmm. No, those are great recommendations. And going back then to books and podcasts, what's your favorite book? What's your favorite podcast right now? Ooh, favorite. I'm reading a book that I don't like. It's not so funny. I'm still reading it because I, I I just recently bought myself a Kindle. So it's funny. Laura likes audiobooks. I am not good because I do all the editing. So I can't stand having headphones. Like I have headphones on all day long. It's ridiculous. Um, so all my books are actually like real physical books. Um, yeah. And I'm reading a book on my new Kindle that I don't like, but I'm still reading it because it's like trashy and it's fun. So um <laughs> What is my favorite? I think The Wheels of Life. <laughs> I sound like such a dork. The Wheels of Life is currently my favorite book. I go back to that all the time. Um, it's all about like chakra energy and moving through your chakras. So that's something that like I've been focused on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and podcasts, that is such, I listen to a lot still. Maybe Lewis Howes, I think I still really, like he gets such great people, School of Greatness, because um, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of everything. You know, like there's business, but there's a lot of personal development. Um, oh, and Chris Harder for business. That's my business one. Yeah, I would I would say those two as well for me, um, for business and for podcasts. Um, and I'm actually reading one of Oprah's books right now, or like by reading, I mean, listening, um, the wisdom of Sundays. I, you know, with my books, because we're, we have our head in our business so much. I like to read more woo woo books. Um, I love everything that Brene Brown puts out. So I just, I just bought her new book. I haven't started reading it yet, but that's like next up. Um, love, love pretty much anything Brene. And I love Brene Brown's voice on audiobook. She is so soothing. I could listen to her all day. She makes me it so happy me to sleep. Oh, but I that's love why her, I like her. She She's just sleep. Oh, that, that little Texas accent gets me every time, man. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. Um, and where can people find you online? Yeah, so we are Luscious Hustle just about everywhere. So we're luscioushustle.com. We are Luscious Hustle on Facebook. Our um our group, which is free and anyone's welcome to join, is our Luscious Hustle Insiders. And then on Instagram, we are luscious.hustle. Mm-hmm. yeah oh and awesome. on same thing on youtube well, youtube podcast yeah, YouTube it's just luscious hustle, hustle. <laughs> yeah okay everywhere everywhere <laughs> i will put the links below so everyone can click through um uh-huh. thank you so much for sitting down i think that was really informative and it's always good just to to hear other people's perspectives who are running online businesses and doing it all online so i feel like people still think that's a little bit taboo to be like oh I just work on my computer all day from anywhere and people look at you weird so I love hearing from you guys how you built it and hopefully people take something out of that that are listening oh amazing well thank you so much for having us I loved this conversation this was awesome yes thank you so much 